Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Good morning. Wow. Puberty has been good to you, young man. My goodness. <laughs> wow. Uh, would you join me by opening up your, your Bible or pulling out your phone um, to the book of Acts? It's in the New Testament. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that you open up to Acts 16. I'm going to ask, I'm asking you to open up to Acts 16. And then uh, we're going to journey over to the book of Philippians. So as you're turning there, I'm going to enjoy my my coffee in my Ohio State mug. Right? Hey, my life is, (laughs) let us pray. (laughs) My life is not dependent on whether the Buckeyes win or lose, thank God. Uh, and uh, I am not a player, nor am I a coach. So, uh, but I did play very, very well while I ate my pulled pork sandwich watching the TV. It was great. It's great. Acts chapter 16, and we're going to jump into the middle of the story, um, and then uh, we'll talk about that story here in a minute. Acts 16, uh, verse 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. Happy Thanksgiving. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I think we need to pause there for a second. They were in jail. They had been stripped and beaten, and they're bloody. And they don't know what's about to happen in their life. For all they know, their life is about to end. So let's reread that for just one moment. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open... He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he knew what would happen if the Roman government found out about this. It would be worse off for him. 
because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and you and your household. Flip over to Philippians. It's to the right in your Bibles. It's after the book of Ephesians. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and just in case you need reminding or if you're not aware that very same Paul who was in that prison wrote these words from prison chapter 4 verse 4 rejoice in the Lord always and I will say it again rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Heavenly Father, as we step into this conversation, we ask that um, you jar our souls, you jar our minds, and that you give us perspective. And not only will you give us perspective, may we work for that. Because it's not going to float down. We've got to be intentional about it. We've got to engage with you. So Lord, speak in this moment. Speak to me as well. Because this is, this is just as much for me as it is anybody listening today. It is in your name that we ask these things. Amen. Uh, these past couple weeks have been full. Um, wow, let's... There we go. Nope, wrong scripture. These past uh, few weeks have been really full of, of family, food, and celebration. Um, it actually started a week before Thanksgiving when we all gathered uh, down in Yellow Springs uh, for a wedding rehearsal for the big event on Saturday uh, for my nephew and his now wife, uh, Hannah and Tyler. Um, and family came up. My brother came up from North Carolina um, and uh, my nephew's cousin uh, came up from Kentucky who he actually calls me Uncle Bub because my nephew and my niece call me Uncle Bubby and uh, even my, my brother brother's ex-wife and her fiance came up from Tar Heel country uh, to witness this wonderful wonderful wedding and we had a blast it was fun um, it was it was really interesting the first words that my nephew uh, had said to his bride as she came down in her princess gown. It was just gorgeous. It was Joey Tribbiani style, and he looked at her and said, How you doing? And it was just like, I, I lost it. I, I couldn't keep it in. Um, we had fun. We had food. We had celebration. And then, then Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving, we, we, we had the traditional turkey and all the trimmings, and the table was 
laid out in the middle of the living room and the kids, the round kids table was at the end of the table. They still do kids tables in my family for those adult kids. And if you're wondering, no, I didn't sit at the kids table even though I act like one. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just this, this wonderful couple weeks. However, it was very evident uh, from, from the wedding rehearsal to the wedding to Thanksgiving that someone was missing. My mama. You know, my sister does really, really well. She holds a lot of things in. And she did really great at the wedding. But when I walked in the house with food, and there's my sister, see it on her face. I didn't even need to ask, right? I just, I just hugged her. Because we both knew what we were both thinking, right? You ever have, you ever have one of those days, one of those weeks, months, Decades, I don't know, when the internal anguish that is on the inside, people can like read it on your face. And those that know you well, they don't ask you how you are, they don't ask what's going on, they just love you. Right? You ever have those moments? Maybe it's because, you know, the, the, the word in the factory grapevine is that there are more layoffs coming and you're already living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe it's you're waiting on the biopsy. Maybe it's you got the biopsy back and you're getting the diagnosis or you've been living the diagnosis out for several years. Maybe it's your kid and you're suspecting they're using drugs. I don't, I don't know what, what it is, but you ever have one of those moments, those days that it feels like it's years But then, you ever have when those people who are the, like the spiritual person, and if you are online, I'm using air quotes. <laughs> you can't see my air quotes, but you have that spiritual person who, as you see them, you're calculating in your mind whether they're oblivious to reality or they're just out flat out brave and then they, they look at your face and they ask you how you're doing and then you word vomit right you just you're a mess and you word vomit they asked right and then they become they try to make the day very sparkly and shine rejoice in the Lord I'll say it again rejoice and you're like holy moly that's way too much this for that moment and the the last thing that you want to do is is praise god the last thing you want to do is rejoice and really the only thing you want to do you can't actually do and we can't actually say but let's just say it ends in a body bag and uh prison sentence right you ever have those moments i i don't think there's 
a, a, a person who goes to church has not had that moment. And if you're the first time in church, you may actually have one of those moments in the future. Uh, my apologies. But you feel like that their statements is almost like a detachment from reality. And it's a deflection for what's actually going on. And when people are on the outside looking in, they're like, man, that is just so not human. More like insane. Have you ever wondered, actually, if that person might actually li be living on another plane? See, gravity isn't the only thing that keeps us grounded. It isn't the only thing that keeps you here on earth. In fact, it's our perspective. A majority of our life is filled with earth. We're, we're, we literally are earthbound. Everything is tangible, experiential, from our eyes to, to our tongues, to our ears, to our fingertips. We see it, we feel it, we taste it, we hear it, we experience it. That is our reality. And rejoicing in pain, in difficulty, seems so separate from reality, right? Most of our earthly life is lived out as if this is the end of our life story. However, earth is the beginning of our eternity. And what God wants us to move into is that other level, that, that plane that actually looks really insane from the outside looking in. But when you're on the inside, and it's your reality, you begin to see things completely different. Is it any wonder why the NFL and college football have put cameras on those little pylons at the end of the end zone and have a camera all the way above looking down and all these other cameras throughout the stadium for moments where you wonder, did they actually catch the ball inbounds and cross the line if you only had one camera one vantage point you wouldn't know the reality you wouldn't know if it actually happened did they score the touchdown or not however they have the ability it's, it blows my mind they have the ability to take all the camera angles at the same time and sync them up so you can actually see the ball cross the inline. Why? Because perspective and vantage points change the reality, don't they? They help us know what's really true. And you and me, we invest our life 
a majority of our life on earth. Everything we do, from the liquids that we drink, from the jobs that we work, from the deer sausage that I will gladly eat. It's all temporary, isn't it? It's all temporary. It will all fade away at some point in our life. I was actually thinking past several weeks now, the reality for my wife and I is that we have a cat. We have a cat. We don't have a kid. I'm not talking goat. We have a cat. That cat cannot run a store. That cat cannot manage our finances. And you're all looking at me like I'm insane. Wait for it. everything that we work for in our life we will not be able to pass on to a kid the place that we live has existed for the last 140 years someone else will come in and live in that place someone else will come in and buy that store someone else will have access to all that we've built in our life. That is not something that we will pass on. And so the reality for me has been very, very apparent that all the things that we build in our life will soon fade away. They'll either go in a dumpster, someone else will possess it and it will not have the value that it holds for me, or my wife someone else will manage it or buy it or sell it there will be nothing left I don't look as insane as I, you thought I was most of us live our earthly life As this is the end of our life story. But actually, earth is the beginning of our eternity. Perspective. Perspective. You ever wonder why Paul? Paul said to this Philippian church, rejoice in the, world, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. See, this letter that Paul wrote, this, this letter that's about Almost, almost 2,000 years old. Probably about 40 years shy of it. When the people of the Philippian church read this letter, they would have actually read it very publicly. They would have gathered like you did today. They would have been seated in a home or a, a little bit bigger than a home and somebody would have received this letter and said, okay, this is, this is church today. Paul sent us a letter and it's as they'll read it publicly as if Paul literally was standing there before them. And I, I kind of imagine this moment going down in that Philippian church. A bunch of stone, a bunch of dust, a lot of smelly feet, right? And maybe some food. 
And then they read the letter. And at the front end of the letter, they find out that Paul, Paul's actually writing this letter from prison. Not the same prison that we read in Acts 14, another prison. He was in prison a lot for proclaiming the gospel, speaking Jesus. And I kind of imagine as they're, they're reading this letter out loud, and whoever's reading it, they come to this point. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And I kind of imagine it going down as if they, they stop, they pause as they're reading the letter and they, they look up. And they look around the room. And they say, do you remember? Do you remember the origins of this church? Do you remember when this church didn't exist? Do you remember when Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke, all those guys that we've met, do you remember when they actually arrived here for the very first time? None of us, none of us knew about Jesus. We had no clue who this Jesus Christ was. And as, as he's asking these questions, he lands his eyes on a young girl. And he looks at her and he says, do you remember when you were freed? Do you remember that you were actually following Paul and Silas for days as they were trying to teach about Jesus? And you kept shouting that these guys are teaching about the Son of God Most High and how to be saved you remember Paul was so annoyed with you that he cast the demon out of you and you were freed from demonic oppression? Do you remember the reaction from your slave owners? They were so ticked off at Paul that they gathered a bunch of people and rushed them and brought them before the magistrates. Do you remember this? Do you remember that moment when they were stripped, beaten, flogged, and they were put in jail? And he, he lands on another person. You. You were the jailer. Do you remember? Do you remember that night that you were about to take your life? Do you remember what he told us? How it all went down? How it, around midnight, in the darkness of it all, in the darkness of the cell, in the darkness of the world, and they didn't know what was going to happen to their life. Do you remember what he told us? He told us that they chose to sing hymns and praise to God. And that as a result of their praise, of their prayer, God moved, literally shook the, found, shook the foundations of the, of the, of the jail, broke the chains off everyone in the jail doors flew open everyone was free but no one moved and you you were the one ready to draw the sword on your own life he said rejoice in the Lord always 
And just in case we missed it, he said it again, rejoice in the Lord. How is it? How is it? How is it that a man on the edge of his life, literally about to lose it, could sing hymns and praise to God when he's literally in pain. When he literally believes that his life may not be happening when the sun comes up. How can someone tell you in their pain, in your pain, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. They're not insane. They are living on another plane. They've shifted their perspective from earth to another realm. A realm that is higher than ours that we cannot see. But actually we are entering into in our last breath. Praise and pain. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever taken stock of the content of your prayers? When you have conversations with God, what are those conversations? What are those conversations about? If our minds are so focused on the tangible, on the earthly, more often, more often than not, our prayers, the content of our prayers, have to do with what and want. God, this is what I'm asking you to do because this is what I want in my life. Our mindset filters into our prayer, the content of our prayer. I've struggled with Paul, this guy in the jail cell, and in his letter where he says, Rejoice. if a majority of our mindset and our, our perspective is an earthly perspective, we need cameras to give us a different perspective, don't we? To see if that ball crosses the line. We, we need a new vantage point. We need a new perspective. The reason that Paul can praise God in pain, in uncertainty, even after he's been shipwrecked, even after he's been beaten and left for dead, even after he's been stoned to death, even after he's been in prison several times and he's not really sure what's going to happen with his life, he can praise God in the pain because he has perspective in his praise. Because he's not praising God for what God can do for him. 
He's not praising God for all the things that he's been grateful for. He's praising God for who God is. That's the content of his praise. Rejoice in the Lord always. Because if we count our blessings, right? Count our blessings. One, two, three, four. Thanks for the food that we ate. Thanks for the drink that we drink. Thanks for the job that I have. Thanks for the bed that I sleep in. Thanks for the family that I have. Thanks for the cat that we have to take care of. And you know what I mean if you got cats. What if all the what's in our life no longer exist? What if all the what's were removed from our life? What if all the plates full of food weren't there? What if the job goes away? What if our kids that we raised in the church walk away? What if the family that loves us so much disowns us because we believe in Christ? And I can tell you it's happening even in our communities. What happens when all has fallen away and you can't not count all those blessings? You don't have them in your hands. You can't taste them any longer. You can't hear them any longer. You can't hug them any longer. You can't pay with it any longer. You don't get to go there any longer. What happens when everything is stripped away? Gratitude is great. Is God enough for you? Is Christ enough for you? Is His Holy Spirit enough for you? When all is stripped away, God is still good. When all is stripped away, God is still loving. When all is stripped away, God is still faithful. When all is stripped away, God is still righteous. He's still mighty. He's still creator. He's still Lord. He still died on the cross and rose from the dead on that Sunday. He's still sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's still coming back. When all is stripped away, what's the content of your praise? What's the content of your prayer? When we look at Paul and Silas, we look at this Philippian church, the reason that Paul could write that letter to the Philippians is because way, way, way back, when he first started getting assaulted by the people he hung with, when he first started going under the threat of his own life because of Christ he made a decision and we see the result of that decision in Acts chapter 16 when he's sitting in that cell bleeding un 
certain of what's going to happen to his life. He made a decision to praise God for who God is and not necessarily what God does or what he doesn't do. Because the essence and the nature and the character of God is always the same. That is why we all can have peace when all is hell, all hell's breaking loose in our life. When family disowns us, when we're grieving, when we're not sure where the next paycheck is coming from, there's this peace that happens. And we gain perspective. Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Literally, when you praise God, when you contemplate God, when you meditate on God, when you have conversations about God, when you think on whatever's true, whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, when you begin to put your mind on God, literally, not only does your perspective on life change, but your neurology changes. There's a small space in your brain called the anterior cingulate gyrus. It's kind of this bridge between our thought life and our emotional life. It kind of moves back and forth. This little area in your brain, as you begin to focus on God, functional MRIs actually show that this small little area of your brain increases in size. And as that increases in size, so does your compassion and your empathy and your awareness of those around you and the needs that they have and how you can meet those needs. Literally, praise shifts your perspective and your brain. transferring in how you interact with people and actually how you view yourself. God can literally change your mind. But we have to be intentional on what we choose to think of. We have to be intentional on praising God for who He is and thinking about Him. So today, are you stuck? Are you earthbound? Do you need broken free from gravity? you need elevated in your soul and in your mind in your heart in your whole being does the content of your prayer need to change 
so that the content of your heart and your mind can change, that your perspective can change. Are you in it? Are you in the pain? Are you very aware of the suffering right now, of the grief, of the loss? Are you in times of uncertainty? I've learned over the last, since January, God does inhabit the praises of his people. God is present in your praise. And he shifts you. He shifts you. He transforms you. So this morning, we're going to enact, we're going to put to practice praise. So regardless of your life circumstance, Sandy, as the worship team comes up, regardless of where you are, we're going to provide you a moment of praise where you can focus your heart, focus your mind, focus your soul, focus your all on the one who is worthy of it all. And when we come out of this moment, I challenge you, those of you in the room and those of you listening online, really glad that you're with us. Over the course of this month, to literally think on God, to praise Him for who He is. Would you please stand? saints and angels, they bow before your throne. All the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing, You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. of the glory. Oh, you are.
For from you all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory. That you stay the same. You are the same that you were, as you are, and will be. That your character and your nature, they're consistent. When all our world and all our emotions and all our circumstances are so fluid, when we're so confused, when pain overrides our brain and our thought processes, Lord, You are the same. God, I praise You. I praise You and I thank You for who You are. 
Thank you how you blow my mind sometimes. That you're the most logical thing that we can ever choose in our life. Because you are logical, God. You make sense. You bring chaos into order. Man, you're good. I praise you, Father. And I ask for all of us in the room that we take this word, that we take what we heard today, that we carry it out and we apply it to our life, that we find moments in our day to pause and praise, to pause and pray. That we pause and engage with God. That we meditate on You, on Your Word, and on who You are. And Lord, I just pray that we get to the point that You are enough. That if You don't ever do anything else, other than what You've already said that You're going to do, that that will be enough for us. I love you, Jesus. Transform us. Shift us. Give us perspective on our earthly life. And may we begin to live on a new level, a higher plane, where your thoughts and your ways somehow transfer into our lives. I trust you, Jesus, and I thank you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Am I missing something? Okay. And uh, will you please, please, please love your neighbor as yourself. We'll see you tomorrow night if you're willing to to help out and decorate. Otherwise, we'll see you uh, next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future He has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.